And we've been looking at a handful of different emotions and how the Bible addresses them because the truth of it is we are emotional beings. God has created us with emotions. Emotions are from God. However, treating our emotions as if they are God is an issue. Living guided by your emotions are, is going to lead eventually to your destruction. Living led by your emotions will lead you to destruction. Or not rightly understanding our emotions can really just leave us in this chaotic place. And so we've looked at a variety of emotions, some negative and one positive. And so tonight we're going to look at an emotion that by its definition isn't really negative or positive, but truthfully it's a negative emotion. We're going to look at this emotion of apathy. And by definition, apathy is this. Apathy is a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. It's a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. But specifically, we're going to talk about it in this category. We're going to talk about spiritual apathy. We're not just talking about your general apathy. Some of you are generally apathetic. Like, you just don't care about anything. You're just like, yeah, whatever, bro, to your life. But we're particularly going to talk about this in in your spiritual life. That many of you have grown spiritually apathetic. And the question will be, how did you get there? What does it look like? And how do we overcome this? How did we get this? Spiritual apathy is a bit like like the numbing shot that you get at the dentist. Uh, So not that long ago, uh, I had a cavity. Apparently, I need to brush my teeth more. Yeah. Listen, don't judge me and my teeth. But you go, to the, you, go to the dentist, you go to the dentist, and in order to like, fill this cavity, they have to numb you up because they're about to drill into your face kind of thing. And so the, the dentist, like, he, this is how my dentist does it. And by the way, just as like an aside, my dentist's name is Dr. Hurt, which is awfully ironic. <laughs> it's like, cool, man. That's cool. Go with it. Is that like your stage name or what? So anyway, we, I go to the dentist, and the guy like rolls up in the chair. with. He's got his hand like behind his back as if I'm like a five-year-old that doesn't need to see the shot, which is totally fine with me, by the way. I hate shots. And he like brings it around. He's like, all right, here we go. And nothing is more terrifying than a needle coming to your face. Like, let's just be honest about this. There's no more terrifying moment of your life. And it's like needle, 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 needle. Like, it's just bad. And so it goes into my mouth, jams into my gum, and like he injects this numbing solution into my gum. And no doubt it hurts to get that shot in your mouth. But what happens is eventually a significant portion of your face goes numb. It's not just like, oh, just my gum is numb. It's like, I feel like my lip is down here. I, I think my tongue is gone and everything is hot. Like, like they, they numb all of that. And you can, you might not think it, you might not believe it, but you can move your mouth. You can, move, you can even move your tongue. Like you have full range of motion. It feels like nothing is there, but you have full range of motion. You just can't feel anything. And so if you were to move your mouth, to move your tongue, those kinds of things, you would just simply be going through the motions in so many ways, having no feeling at all. And in a silly way, that's exactly what spiritual apathy is. It's moving through the motions, but having no feeling at all. We might be doing right things. We might be doing things that people have said to do, that God says to do, but it's motions with no feeling at all. We're apathetic. We've grown apathetic. We find ourselves with no concern, with no feeling, with no love. This is apathy. This is spiritual apathy. So how do we get here and what do we do? Revelation chapter 2, 1 through 7 helps us with this. 
This is what the Word of God says. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, The word of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the work of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So let's just, as we look at this text, identify what spiritual apathy looks like. How do you know if you, particularly you, think about you, how do you know if you have grown spiritually apathetic, non-feeling, uninterested, not concerned? Well, what does he say has happened to these Ephesians? Look back at verse 4, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. That's his, that's his indictment against them. You have abandoned the love that you had at first. But the verses right before that, verses 2 or 3, are commending them, not necessarily from the writer, but are saying to them, you have been doing religious acts. So if we put these two, religious activity, apart from the motivation of love. They're doing religious things, but they're not motivated by love. Maybe they're doing it out of duty. Maybe they're doing it out of familiarity. Maybe, I don't, I, I don't know. But it says, it says in verse 2 and 3, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. How you cannot bear with those who are evil. They cannot bear with evil people. But you, you have tested those who call themselves apostles or not. They are identifying people who are saying they're apostles, but they're not. They're identifying false apostles. Verse 3, I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake and, not have, and have not grown weary. They're even facing suffering, doing it patiently without growing weary. They are doing religious acts apart from being motivated by love because the very next verse in verse 4 it says but i have this against you you've abandoned the love that you had at first so how do we know that if we've become spiritually apathetic do you find yourself doing religious acts apart from being motivated by love do you find yourself just attending church over and over again i'm just showing up it's what i'm it's what i have to do I'm just showing up, but I don't love this. I'm not doing this because I'm delighting myself in God. I'm just showing up. I'm just serving because it's what you're supposed to do. I have no delight. I have no devotion. I have pathetic. Are you just routinely reading your Bible but have no desire for it? Or even, have you been in a routine of reading your Bible but you're saying, you know what, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to abandon that because it doesn't change my life. You might be growing spiritually apathetic. Or maybe with your prayer life. Hey, I was consistently praying, but then I just noticed that God wasn't answering, and so I just gave up. I just bailed. Why does it matter? Who has any concern? You might be growing or be spiritually apathetic. Perhaps doing religious acts apart from love. Or maybe, maybe... Maybe you stopped doing religious activity because you were doing them apart from love in the first place. You were doing them out of duty, out of obligation, out of guilt. 
And the more you did them out of obligation, the more you did them out of guilt, the more apathetic you became, the more frustrated you became. And so you bailed on them, and now your, apathetic, your apathy has just sit, set in. I have no concern. I have no feeling. I have no devotion toward God. So what are the common causes of spiritual apathy today? What do I mean by that? Money. Like, let's just be honest about where we live. None of us are necessarily thinking about whether we're going to have, we're going to have the next meal. None of us are thinking about where our clothes are going to come from. We're just not. That's not where we live. As it goes, we live in an affluent community. And because of affluence, because of having resource, money, the things that we need, and for that matter, the things that we want, we can find ourselves slipping into spiritual apathy because we think, there's nothing that I need God for. All my needs have been met. All my wants, for that matter, are being met. We have money. So who needs God? Affluence can lead you to spiritual apathy. Second thing, unrepentant sin can lead you to spiritual apathy. Perhaps there's stuff in you that you need to confess, but you have not. There's stuff in you that you need to turn away from, but you have not. Maybe it's because you feel stuck. Maybe it's because you just don't know how to get out. Maybe it's because you like it and don't want to turn away. And as you pursue that and fail to repent of it, you grow all the more apathetic, all the more unfeeling, all the more unconcerned with the things of God. And here's the deal with that. I think God will just kindly deal with your unconfessed sin before he goes into whatever else that you're trying to get from him. That God in his good fatherly way says, hey, look, I, we're, you're, tra- you're talking about all this other stuff. Let's talk about this. Let's deal with this. Because this is hindering you from having full life with me. It's not God saying, I'm guilting you. It's not God saying, you've blown it. It's God saying, you're missing out on full life. L- come and confess this, repent, and let's be different. Let's be different. Third thing, third thing, you might be growing spiritually apathetic because of your lack of pursuit of God. Just in your daily life, you've just stopped reading the Bible. You have stopped spending time in prayer. You have stopped showing up to church for a number of reasons. You've just isolated yourself from community. You felt like it, people didn't care. You felt like something bad happened, and so you stopped showing up. And as a result, you've just grown apathetic. You've grown non-feeling toward God. And you say things to us like, I, I, just, I, I just wish that I could get back to the place that I used to be with God. But you've abandoned reading the scriptures, and you've abandoned spending apathetic. Apathetic. The last reason that we can grow spiritually apathetic is because of some kind of suffering, hurt, or trial that we're in because of some kind of suffering, hurt, or trial that we're in. In the middle of the suffering, we can say things like, man, I, I, I trusted God, but life is hard. I followed God, and here I am in this trial. I, I followed His ways, and here I am in this suffering. So what good is it to follow God if this is what I'm going to get, if this suffering is what I'm going to face? And we say things like that. Or maybe we at least think things like that. As a response, find ourselves growing spiritually apathetic. 
It doesn't really matter. Following God doesn't really matter. Reading the scriptures, it doesn't really matter. Praying, it doesn't really matter. Because if, the, if, if it mattered, then my life would be different than it is, and what it is is hard. And so in the middle of suffering, or some kind of trial, or some kind of hurt that you faced, you've grown apathetic. And maybe one more that's not up there that can cause you to grow apathetic is this consistent exposure apart from devotion. This consistent exposure to Christian things apart from legitimate heart, like devotion to God. Then you show up to church and you're supposed to Christian things again. And you live in a Christian home. And you find yourself just rubbing up against these things to the point where it just becomes a drone. And you find yourself apathetic. Like it just doesn't matter. It's no big deal. It's just another Wednesday night. It's just another time of hearing the Bible read. It's just another time of praying. We find ourselves growing apathetic. Non-feeling. Not concerned. So then the question is, how do we overcome this? How do we move past this? Look at verse 5 in Revelation chapter 2. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this I have, yet this you have. You hate the work of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. These three things that we will use, that truthfully the author in Revelation gives us. I'm indebted to this article that I read online for these. But there's three things, three things for overcoming spiritual apathy. How do we overcome spiritual apathy? The first thing you see in verse 5, remember the works you did at first. The first thing you need to do is remember, the author of Revelation says. Remember the works you did at first. Remember from where you have fallen. Remember who you were. Remember how it was. And so for us, we need to remember, remember who God is. That God is faithful, that God is holy, that God is good, that God is near to you, that God does listen to you, that God is kind, that God is a good father. You need to remember those things because in your apathy, you can begin to believe a lie that God doesn't care, that God doesn't matter. And you need to remember who God is. You need to remind yourself. For many of you, you just need to remind yourself of who God is to bust you out of the apathy that you're in. And maybe you need to remember what it was like when your relationship with God was motivated by love. Remember what it was like when it was good and strong and flourishing. What was your relationship with God like then? Remember that. Remember that. And then maybe what David says in Psalm 51 verse 12 would happen. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. As you remember what you ought to ask of the Lord, hey, restore to me the joy of your salvation. God, there was a moment in my life, there were moments in my life where I looked at you and knew that you were glorious and good and you filled me with joy. God, restore that to me. Help me to remember. But in your apathy, it's hard to get there, but you need to remember. Remember, remind yourself who God is and what it was like when your relationship with him was motivated by love. The second thing, repent is the next thing. So you need to remember and then you need to repent. What are we repenting of? You need to repent of ways that you've abandoned God for lesser loves. 
Repent of ways that you have abandoned God for lesser loves. What have you turned to that's lesser? What have you turned to that's not as satisfying as God is? Perhaps you have grown apathetic because you keep looking, for, looking to things to give you satisfaction that are supposed to, be getting, that's supposed to be got from God. You look to all these other things, a guy, a girl, approval, a status, to satisfy you all the while God is meant to be the one that satisfies you. And so God would just kindly call you to turn away from that. And the Bible calls that repentance. Repent of looking to things that are lesser loves. What else would we need to repent of? Maybe you need to repent of some unconfessed sin in your life. Maybe some of you know that you are pursuing things that are actually against what God desires for you, but you keep pursuing it anyway because it feels good because you like it. Or maybe you feel stuck. I don't know, but... But listen to me. If you feel stuck and you have not confessed this, you need to bring it in the light. Because it's in the light where sin dies. 1 John 1, 7 says, We walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. So walk in the light. Expose that sin. You're like, I can't expose that sin. Then people will know that I'm a sinner. People already know. People already know. So confess it. And let's move to healing. If you're pursuing stuff and you like it, but you know that it's not God's best, turn away from that. Confess it. Get some help. Because that will only pull you into more and more apathy of not feeling God's movement in your life, of not hearing God's voice, it will only move you into more and more apathy. I can't hear, I don't feel, I don't care. The last thing is in the rest of verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do the work or works you did at first. Do the works that you did at first. So the last thing we need to do is to return. Return. We need to return specifically to the things that stir up our affection for God. The author of Revelation says to return to the works you did at first, but you, you need to return to the things that stir up your affection. What grows your love for God? Do those things. Many of you have grown apathetic because you just moved away from the things that stir up. Maybe that's singing certain songs. Go sing them. Maybe that's being around certain people. Go do that. The biggest mistake you could make is that in your apathy, you ought to be isolated. That's a lie. Isolation will kill you. You need people. Maybe you need to go out and be in nature by yourself and just see how glorious God is. I don't know what it is for you that stirs up your heart with affection for God, but go back and do the things that stir up your heart with affection for God. Read the Bible, sing songs, be around people. I don't know what it is, but go do it. Do whatever it is that just grows your love for God. I remember when I was in college, uh, I lived at home when I was at college, at least for the last part of it. I lived at home, and uh, it was just a really weird time in my life. Uh, 
at moments it felt really lonely because all of my friends and my girlfriend, who is now my wife, but like my girlfriend at the time, like we lived two hours apart. It was like, this is lame, bro. This is lame. Like nobody's here. It's just me. I live at my mom's house while all my friends like live in an apartment together or they're in a dorm or whatever. And at times it was really lonely or at times it was really hard because school was a lot or uh, we were just navigating my mom's porch and play my guitar and sing. And it would just stir up my heart with affection for God over and over again. And listen, you may not play the guitar and you might sing like a dead cat. I don't know. The point of that is this. Do whatever it is that stirs you up with affection for God. I could have just sat in my loneliness. I could have just sat in my relational struggle. I could have just sat in my like, own pity and thought, like, school's hard, and this is hard, and God, you're, this is what. I could have done that. And that just spirals down to all kinds of stuff. And, 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 and likely leads to apathy. God doesn't care. God is irrelevant. He's not helping me here. But I would go out on that porch and I would sing because it would stir up my heart with affection for God. And so I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you just need to listen to certain music. Maybe you need to listen to podcasts. Maybe, maybe you need to call a friend and just process out loud. I have no clue. But go do the things that stir you up with affection for God. Go on a run. Lift some weights. I don't care. But do the things that stir you up with affection for God. You need to remember who God is. You need to repent of some unconfessed in your life. Or you need to repent of how you've gone to lesser loves. And you need to return to the things that stir you up with affection. If you're not in a season of apathy, you might go into a season of apathy and you will need to remember these things. Remember, repent, and return. Do the things that stir you up with affection. So many of you roll out of big events that we have, riding this wave of Jesus is incredible. And that's right and good. I think go. And he never left. The likelihood is, is that you abandoned the things that stirred you up with affection for God. In that event, you were in the Word. And at that event, you were around certain people. And at that event, you were singing true things about God. And you just slowly moved away. And now you're thinking, where's God? Does it even matter? And you're growing or have grown apathetic, unconcerned, uninterested, no big deal. Why does it matter? You need to remember. You need to repent. And you need to return. The last question, why should you care? Why should you care? Look at verse 6. Or rather, look at verse 5 again. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. Here's why. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. The first reason that that you should care about this is because the cost of not addressing your spiritual apathy is high. It's high. For the church at Ephesus, he says, if you don't remember, repent, and return, I'm going to come to you and take your lampstand, meaning I'm going to cease you, like, I'm going to come and stop you from being a church. That's a serious consequence. You're like, God can do that? God can do it. Hi. So is God going to come take your personal lampstand away? That's not how that works. 
But will you miss out on fullness of joy? Yeah. Will you miss out on life abundantly? Yes. Will you miss out on God's best for you? Yes. The cost of not addressing your spiritual apathy is high. So don't move from this moment and stay in your apathy saying, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The cost is high. And the last reason you should care is because the blessing for addressing your spiritual apathy is great. Look at verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The blessing of eating of the tree of life in the paradise of God, of partaking in God's best, this full restoration, that the tree of life that was in the garden in the beginning will be in the end when God makes all things new, and we get to be a part of that. When you address this spiritual apathy, the blessing of that is so great. It's so great. You enter into God's best. This isn't a, listen, this is not just Cade, your youth pastor's life. Don't miss out on way more that God has for you. Don't just be religious. Don't just keep showing up. Come and get something better because God is inviting you into something more full than just showing up. So in your apathy, remember, repent, and return. Because God is inviting you into something far greater that we could feel and experience all that God has for us in his fullness.